This episode of No Bad Food is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Are you a producer of artisan food or drinks looking to get your name out there? Look no further. Whiskey Lane's team of social media, branding, and marketing experts is here to help. They'll take care of all that stuff for you so that you can focus on doing what you do best, making awesome products for your customers. Here at No Bad Food, we know that buying locally made products goes a long way toward making our world more sustainable, and that's why we're proud to be sponsored by Whiskey Lane. So, what are you waiting for? Grab your nearest artisan cheese or homebrewed IPA and run to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And remember, that's whiskey the Canadian way. Without any. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind. We'll take it slow this time. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni. And I'm Tefra Jemian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Today, we are talking all about cardamom. This topic was requested by one of our patrons, Gabriel, over at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod. If you want to request a topic for an episode of the show, like Gabriel did, hit the Patreon link in the description of this episode and find out how to make it happen. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like we said in the intro of the show today, we are talking about cardamom. Cardamom is a spice, uh, often, I think exclusively maybe even, comes in seed pod form. Like, I don't think I've ever seen it ground, you know? No, there's ground cardamom. Really? I have some things to say about that. You can get okay. ground cardamom, but yes, you can also get it in little pods. Yeah, it's usually pods, right? Like, I feel like I feel like 90% of the time it's pods. I always buy it in pods. Maybe that's why. <laughs> Tom, before we started dating, had you ever kept cardamom in your kitchen? In my own kitchen? Yes. I don't think so. I think my mom probably did. Yeah. But like I, I wasn't as acquainted with my mom's spice cabinet as I am with my own. And as of like yesterday, before we did our research and talked about this, if I had asked you to grab me the cardamom off the spice rack, would you have been able to? Yes. Okay. That I'm I'm confident enough in my abilities that I would have gone cardamom, cardamom, and then remembered that it's one of the only spices that's in a weird little bag instead of a jar, and I'd have grabbed it off the shelf that way. So, so you remember the packaging? Well, no, no, no. Like it's, I would have been looking for a jar of cardamom, right? And then I'd have been like, oh, that's right, the cardamom's in a bag, right? Okay, but, like okay. I can identify okay. cardamom. Yes, cardamom is kind of a funny one. I feel like either you're somebody who's like very familiar, like there are there are cardamom people, there are people who keep cardamom <laughs> in their spice cabinets, right. and then there's everybody else sure, who yeah. like gets to a recipe and is like, oh, I have to buy that. I don't really store that. I'm a cardamom person. Sure, yeah. Well, I feel like that's like true of 
most spices though right like there's a handful of things that kind of everyone has yeah and then like everything else is just for people who actually cook but it's not like cinnamon you know I feel like most people have cinnamon cinnamon is just one of those things that like you feel like you should have yeah like uh, black pepper is another one that's pretty ubiquitous or paprika or cayenne like there are ones that if you're in somebody's house and that person cooks, there's a good chance that's there. Right. Cardamom, more of a gamble. <laughs> yeah. Cardamom, if you have, like, if I mean, if you come from somewhere where cardamom is used heavily, like the Middle East or India, I'll expect it more. Right. Uh, but, like, just average anybody, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I will say, like, I, I think that there's a tendency in, how do I put this lightly, white hipster millennial kitchens to have a lot of air quotes exotic herbs and spices available so like i i feel like probably a lot of people our age have cardamom in their kitchens but i don't think cardamom is trendy yet you know like isn't it turmeric everybody didn't used to have turmeric sure turmeric was something that i used to not be able to find in people's kitchens people would have curry powder that had turmeric now everybody has fucking turmeric um well because gwyneth paltrow told us that if we put turmeric on our nipples we'll have eternal life or something right uh, it's something like that i mean and turmeric is genuinely very good for you like there are a lot of health benefits to turmeric um but like that's a trendy one yeah but i don't necessarily i think a lot of people cardamom is a very specific flavor yeah cardamom is very aromatic it's very almost astringent it's something that's often used in bitters it's a very powerful aromatic yeah and if you don't often work with aromatics it's kind of hard to know what to do with it and it can get overpowering it's not really a beginner friendly spice no it's not a beginner friendly spice but it does feel like one of the ones that like somebody who really likes indian food because they go to their local indian restaurant a lot and wants to try and make something at home for cheaper like that it feels like you're gonna buy that well yeah and this is where this comes in like if you're making a masala if you're making either like a garam masala for for making indian food or like a uh, masala chai like it's very common in spice blends so yes if you're somebody who likes to make your own spice blends you like to make your own curries uh you like to make your own chai that's something that i am also that person and that is why i have cardamom sure (laughs) um if you are not like we were actually just talking with Raya about this with our daughter the other night about this. Some people cook as a hobby. Some people cook to cook. Right. I feel like cardamom is the like either because you are Indian or because you uh, are somebody who like cooks as a hobby and likes to keep spices around. It is really yeah. important. If you like to make your own curry powder, you do need to have it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the spice itself. Yeah. <clears throat> cardamom. Comes in a little pod, as alluded to. There is actually black and green cardamom. Do you know the difference? Well, yes, because, Tom, I used to work in a spice boutique. You may remember. Enlighten me. Uh, I first came across black cardamom when I worked in the spice boutique because we had quite a lot of spices and it was quite nice. Green cardamom is green. The little pods are green. They're small. They're... Uh, like about the size of the tip of my baby finger. I have fairly small fingers. They're like the size of a little bean, like yeah. a little dry kidney bean or a little dry white bean. Or they're, little... they're maybe like three quarters of an inch in length. Yes. And like half an inch in width. Yeah. Does that feel reasonable? Not half an inch is... is, is too thick even? Too thick, probably a quarter of an inch. Anyway, they're small. I don't know. <laughs> they're small. And uh, you break them open. So the way I was taught to use cardamom mm-hmm. is you, you break the pod and you take out what my mother 
uh, referred to as the mouse turds that are inside. Okay. Um, there are small seeds inside the pods. Uh, usually they are black, small and round. Sometimes they're pale. Uh, my mom always taught me to go for the black ones rather than the pale ones, that they're like a nicer, stronger flavor. But I've used both and I don't see a huge difference, honestly, mm-hmm. with the seeds. Black cardamom is larger. Black cardamom pods are even like the size of my thumb sometimes. They're pretty big. My thumbs are pretty small, but uh, <laughs> maybe like two inches long. Sure. And they're black, not green. Right. Uh, they're shaped the same as a green cardamom pod. The seeds are larger inside. Usually I have seen people use black cardamom by throwing the whole crushed pod into something. Okay. Uh, and then straining it out. But I think you can also use the seeds. As we referred to before, you can purchase cardamom ground. Uh, I always like to purchase it in pod form, however, because um, especially with cheaper cardamom, they'll grind the pods and the seeds together to save mm, time. Okay. And that means that your cardamom flavor is really diluted. Right. So I really recommend using the pods themselves if you can. Yeah. Uh, cardamom's another one that's expensive. It just is an expensive spice. Um, but you only need one or two little seeds, really. Yeah, like I was going to say, most most of the time when I've like needed cardamom for a recipe, it's been like, yeah, like one or two seeds in a pot. And you have to pay eight bucks for, yeah. the, <laughs> for the jar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's a very potent spice. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, it's potent and it lasts. Yeah. Like, it, it's expensive, but it's expensive because you... Like, it probably doesn't end up being that much more expensive than anything else in terms of how much use you get out of it because it's not one of those ones that you put, like, a tablespoon into each recipe. It's like you you drop in a single pod and then you're good to go. That $8 is your year's supply. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the thing that that makes sense to me about buying the pod over the ground is, like, and and tell me if you think this is true, but my instinct is that probably the pods last longer as well, like they have a longer shelf life than if it's been ground. Always something whole is going to have a longer shelf life than something ground because there's less surface area for the aromatic oils to evaporate off of. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, and especially if it's, like, you know, the seed is inside of the pod. So, like, the seed is not... The, the oils of the seed are not going anywhere. Yeah. They're sealed, right? Yeah. So even just from a, like, not wanting it to get stale and and bad point of view, like, getting the whole pods makes a lot more sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, it'll it'll last longer. And it's just kind of satisfying. Like, I find them really fun to crush. Sure. They have a little, like, kind of crackly pop to them, and you pick the little seeds out. It's nice. It's, like, not unlike a sunflower seed. It's a little softer, I find. Yeah. But like... But it's not unlike, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just satisfying. And I mean, I like ritual. I like going through things, you know, a little bit. And I have memories of going through them, picking them out of my job or whatever. You didn't grow up with a great familiarity to cardamom. No, no. Like, I, my, my kind of chief memory of cardamom before adulthood was that I would occasionally find a whole pod in, like, some rice or something from an Indian restaurant and, like... It was always really jarring to bite into. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's a lovely way to use cardamom, actually, yeah. to throw a whole pod into your into your pot of rice. But it is, if you're not expecting it and you bite into that whole pod, it is a big burst of cardamom flavor, which yeah. I love, <laughs> but which for a child is is a little much. Well, and I think it's not the intended like end result of that, right? No, the, you the don't really snack on to... boiled cardamom pods, yeah. usually. Yeah. Like, you want, you want the cardamom flavor to come out of the pod into the rice, yeah. and then for whoever gets the pod pod on their plate to notice and put it aside before eating it by accident. Like, but it's I not, notice you know, and eat it. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and you can. Yeah. Uh, it's not nearly as jarring as uh, the clove when you find a clove in uh Oh, I like that too. In your rice. Yeah. Both of these actually, cloves and cardamom, traditionally chewed as ways to improve dental health and also neutralize bad breath and they work very interesting i wouldn't have known about the health benefit of that do you do you know why that is um i i believe that they're just like a lot of spaces are somewhat antimicrobial yeah that makes sense and clove also (laughs) i mean clove has a numbing quality so if you have a toothache it'll uh give you that like a little bit of relief okay like you can use clove oil i don't know if you were enough of aware enough in the 90s to know about people's big sisters using clove oil to numb their faces before they pierced them with a sewing needle or Whoa. anything like that. No. <laughs> in, in the 90s, I probably had one friend with an older sister, and she was like only two years older than us, so there right. wasn't really that much of a, like, you know, she didn't, we didn't learn things from her, you, you know? You also weren't living in a hippie town, which no. I think there was probably more clove oil and, and self-piercing going on. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, interesting. I've never yeah. thought about this, but like, actually, I think I almost exclusively had friends who were the oldest sibling. Interesting. Yeah. I had a lot of younger sibling friends. Huh. <laughs> so cardamom uh, is indigenous to India and Indonesia, then Southeast Asia, uh, but spread early and quickly to the rest of Asia. It's very big in the Middle East. It's very big in Persian cooking. Um, We have references to it in Sumerian as well as in the Ayurveda texts. Um, It's been known as a spice. It's, again, one of those things spices transport easily. Spices are one of the first kind of trade routes we see. We talked about how cardamom has been used as a breath freshener. It has medicinal purposes, just like um, other spices when you're looking at Ayurvedic systems, obviously. Sure, yeah. Uh, it's also very, very popular. Like, you've probably come across it in Chinese and Indian food the most mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I think those are the cuisines that are as widespread. But as I mentioned before, it's also very common in the Middle East and Persian cuisine. And uh, features heavily in Turkish and Armenian coffee, which mm-hmm. is actually my first exposure or first familiarity with cardamom. I mean, we always had it in the house. Sure, yeah. This is, uh, of course, our favorite recurring segment on the show. <laughs> Tefer is Armenian. <laughs> listen, listen here, you. <laughs> I can't help it <clears throat> that I come from an Asian that has a lot of good food. But yeah, in the Middle East, you'll often have cardamom ground up in the coffee beans. Um, and you get this very strong coffee that has this really nice aromatic note to it. We actually had a little right before the recording. What mm-hmm, did you think? Mm-hmm. Um, it was fine. It was not like, uh, like I'm being honest, it it wasn't like a mind-blowing change. It's a fragrance note more than a taste note. It gives you a little bit of cardamom. However, I found out in when we were doing our research that uh, in some places you'll have the cardamom seeds and coffee beans roasted together and Mm. ground together uh, to a proportion of up to 40% cardamom. Which I find really interesting. Hmm. I'm I'm fascinated yeah. by that. That's yeah. interesting because yeah, because that would maybe give it a stronger cardamom, yeah. like more cardamom forward flavor, I guess. Because yeah, I found like the the small amount that was in there was noticeable. Mm-hmm. It was nice, mm-hmm. but and maybe this is just that it didn't like mesh with the blend of coffee we were using or something. I don't know, but it like didn't feel like a. Like a move in any particular direction, like it was. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm yeah. going to be honest. Like it was, it was the kind of thing where I think that if I went to a coffee shop, yeah, and there were notes of cardamom in the coffee, I'd be like, hmm, that's really nice. Yeah, but I think just comparing it directly to what our specific coffee that we have in our house tastes like with and without it, it was it was very much a kind of neutral move. 
All right, yeah. fair enough. Well, I find that it, it plays very nicely with coffee, and it has a. It's just a nice little enhancement. You can mm. also get cardamom tea, uh, which is also really nice. And as I mentioned before, cardamom features heavily in masala chai. Mm-hmm. So if that's something you like, you probably like cardamom. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, though, cardamom is used in blends. Most of the mm-hmm. time, cardamom is not the primary flavor. It's mixed with other things. Yeah, which I think like makes sense. Partly because of the shape of it, right? Like it is, it is the kind of thing where you're already going to be grinding it up, so you might as well like yeah. mix it in with something. Um, but also, yeah, like it is, it's not, it's not a standalone flavor, you know. Well, what I was gonna say actually is that the place where that's not true is mm. weirdly enough in Scandinavian baking. Okay, where like. It's used almost as commonly as like cinnamon is used in North American baking. Like you get little cardamom cookies, you get cardamom cake. So much that I lost the the word, but there's one thing that's like literally just called like cardamom balls in Sweden or something. (laughs) Like I don't know why it's so popular in Scandinavia, but it is so popular in Scandinavia Uh, and in Scandinavian baked goods. The Swedish word cardamomaballer. I believe it's the one you're thinking of. That's a beautiful name. Yeah. Maybe we should have another baby. I'm going to disagree with that for several reasons. <laughs> All right. We'll just rename Toby. <laughs> yeah. I um, When I think about like cardamom uses that I have found pleasant, it really for me does like nothing, nothing compares to tasting it in like a rice or in like a curry, you know, like just the the Indian cardamom bomb flavor that happens with it, you know? Do you mean the cardamom? The cardamom, exactly. <laughs> that, like, that little burst is so nice when you're expecting it, yeah. when you're ready, you know, when you put it in your mouth on purpose instead of by accident, it is <laughs> incomparable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's also really nice. Cardamom is a feature in a lot of bitters, aromatic bitters okay. used for cocktails and stuff, and that's another place that I think it comes... It's It's just kind of a little... I mean, I've said it a thousand times. It's an aromatic. It it yeah. is something that adds a certain je ne sais quoi, and it's kind of hard to describe the flavor. Yeah. Um. Like I would say that it is maybe a little bitter, maybe a little astringent, but it's just it, it just it's very hard to describe. I would maybe call it like a bitter floral. Floral is good. Does yeah. That, does that resonate? And it's like a tiny bit spicy, but the way like black pepper is spicy. Yeah. Um. But I don't know because I feel like if you put enough black pepper in something, it actually has like a kick to it. Yeah. Whereas I don't know that you could do that with cardamom. No, it doesn't really have a kick. Yeah. It doesn't really have a bite. It just has a. It's powerful. The way a clove <laughs> is powerful, which I think. Yeah. Is what we mean when we say aromatic. Yeah, well, that makes sense, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It it is. There's mostly, an aroma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it smells more than it tastes. And yeah, it tastes the way that it smells. But it's nice, and you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and suggest to our listeners: if you mm. never have done this, and you have cardamom in your kitchen, if you have whole cardamom mm-hmm. in your kitchen, if you've go- recently spent at least eight dollars <laughs> on a package of whole cardamom, um, go take out one of those little seeds—not yeah. the whole pod, but take the little seed and just. Just just bite it a little bit, put it in your mouth, roll it around, taste it. Like, because it's a fun flavor mm-hmm. and it's fun to get it like 
undiluted. Yeah. Um, this is actually, like, I'm going to say this is maybe just a good practice to get into with all of the, like, herbs and spices in your kitchen is to, like, taste them at some yeah. point. <laughs> like, not not only in the context of a dish, but also just in the context of, like, what they individually yeah. taste like. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not pleasant to put dry spices on your tongue. You could maybe mix it into some oil or something, like a neutral oil. Well, always with spices, you want to bloom them in oil. That'll yeah. make them taste nicer. Uh, but yeah, exactly. cardamom is one of the ones that you can just taste on its own. Right. Um, but mostly but yeah. just for texture. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially like we talked about turmeric earlier, but like people who are new to turmeric, people mm-hmm. who maybe got into turmeric because it is trendy, mm-hmm. will will use turmeric like it's a, a, a flavoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll be like, oh, yeah. I mean, I saw this. We saw this on some like... Um, cooking show recently i think it was wall of chefs but somebody made a turmeric sauce and i was just like well honey this is a bad idea like turmeric is not a a standalone flavor turmeric is an enhancer that is like a baseline that you need other flavors (laughs) to pop against and that was essentially what the feedback was on the sauce was just like nobody wants to just eat turmeric flavored sour cream like because turmeric is like not really a flavor it's sort of a background yeah um i'm sorry i just got into that but like please people turmeric it needs to be mixed with things it's yeah. beautiful but it's not <clears throat> in my opinion the main the main event Look, cardamom though <laughs> cardamom can be the main event yeah here's what i'll say about it if you're painting if you're making a beautiful i don't know watercolor or something right turmeric is not a color that you're gonna put of paint. It's not a paint color. Turmeric is the water. Turmeric is the water. Yeah. You, yeah. Turmeric is the, uh, what's the like, sometimes paintings like after they've been painted, they'll put like a layer of some like clear thing over it that like gives it a bit more shine. Like you know gesso? Maybe. You don't do that with watercolors though. Well, no, I, I shouldn't have said watercolor in the first okay. place. I don't know what I'm talking anyway, about. Anyway, tur- <laughs> turmeric, turmeric is, is the gesso. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I said gesso and gesso because I'm actually not sure which is which. That's fair. Which is correct. And I don't want to have another Sieg moment where yeah. I say a word wrong forever. Well, I mean, yeah. And also, it's turmeric. It's not turmeric. Okay. We're going to hop over to the mid-roll. And then when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Carta Dad. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of January, we're donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need, so by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There's literally no other way to turn zero into six, so if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. If you haven't already made your nominations for this year's Munch Madness tournament, hit the link in the description and go do that. It takes less than two minutes to fill out the form, and we don't ask for any personal information as part of it. (laughs) I don't know where that personal came from, but we're going to roll with it. All you have to do is choose up to three foods from a list of 20, and then tell us the food you'd be excited to see in this year's tournament. It's it's super easy, easy peasy, go do it. Participate in democracy. Participate in democracy. Pokemon go to the polls. (laughs) 
Oh no, Hillary. Oh, lastly, if you haven't had a chance yet to listen to last week's episode where I did a little Q&A and answered some questions from past guests of the show and I talked about fish and bread and getting Gatorade dumped on my body, uh, go cue that up to listen to when you're finished with this one. Sounds great. It was pretty good. <clears throat> All right, that's enough from Tom. Let's get to the show. <laughs> Card me, daddy. <laughs> Card my mom. Hey, mom, you been uh, carded recently? Uh, <laughs> yes, actually. I went into the SAQ recently and I had to show my vaccine code and my ID. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Um, so cardamom, things, yep. ways that you eat cardamom. We've talked a little bit about rices and curries and masalas. I want to talk about a uh, uh, cardamom and baked goods, which we mentioned okay. briefly, but I'm not talking about Scandinavian sure. baked goods. I'm talking about a cake that I used to make a lot. That I honestly think I found in like a cooking magazine that I picked up uh, during a summer when (laughs) I was cooking for my family outside on the driveway because our kitchen was being renovated and my dad had had surgery and my mom was sick. So I was in charge of meal prep in our little outdoor kitchen on the driveway. Um, And it was kind of fun, actually, because I got to like plan all the meals and cook them and like do the whole thing. And it was my first experience of doing that. Sure, yeah. Um, And so while I was (laughs) while I was grocery shopping, I would like pick up cooking magazines and look at the recipes and find new things. And one of the things I found, which I was then able to make once the kitchen was operational again um was something that was perhaps problematically called persian love cake in the magazine okay but it was a cake inspired by persian flavors and i would make it for my sister's birthday in june um because it involved candied rose petals and you have to make it in the summer when the roses are in bloom okay so this cake was a uh, a lemon chiffon sponge, which is one of my favorite sponges to make. I love making a lemon chiffon cake um, with whole cardamom seeds in it, kind of folded through. So you get that <coughs> cardamom within the cake. This was layered with, I'm trying to remember if it was layered with anything else or if it was just, I think it was just layered with a saffron and rose water whipped cream. Okay. Where you steep the saffron in the cream for a while before you whip it. And it was topped with candied rose petals, which you also like made yourself. It was part of the recipe. Okay. It's a beautiful cake. Yeah, no kidding. And a weird combination of flavors for me. Like I remember going into it and being like, is this all going to work? But these are flavors that often go together in Iranian and Persian cuisine. And they work beautifully together. It's a beautiful cake. Sure. But lemon and cardamom are really nice together. Cardamom in sweet things in general, I think, is quite nice. Yeah, yeah, I would believe it. It's it's one of those flavors that's like not specifically a sweet itself, but feels like a kind of savory note that you can add to sweets in order to like give them a little more depth. It's really nice in biscotti as well. Yes, um, there, we biscotti. there we go. There we go. I was trying to remember. I was like, I feel like there's something that I really like that has cardamom in it, mm-hmm. and I can't put my finger. It's biscotti. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Cardamom absolutely. is wonderful in biscotti. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. I uh, I looked up the Persian love cake <laughs> oh, no. to see if I could find recipes, and like, there's a ton. Like, I think it is a okay. Uh, it's like a thing. A thing. Yeah. yeah. Now I don't know. Look, it is. It seems equally likely to me that the name Persian love cake is uh, because it is a love cake from Persia. And also, you know, the alternate option there is that like (laughs) somebody just fucking called it that. And I think both of those are equally likely. But it is beautiful. It's beautiful. uh, And it has Persian flavors. Yeah. And it looks lovely. 
So I think I get it in yeah. any case. You know? <laughs> I will make it again sometime. It's a beautiful cake. Sure. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I'm seeing a bunch of different versions of it, some with like a white uh, icing, I guess, on top with like rose petals yeah. on top of that. Others that are darker, I guess, maybe more uh, cake forward as opposed to like, you know, decoration forward. Yeah. Uh, but all of them look delicious uh, and sound delicious. So yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, it's a beautiful cake. I like cardamom biscotti because you dip that in coffee. Right. And again, I've said this before, but I think cardamom and coffee is a top tier combination. Sure. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've seen people on British baking show also do like cardamom coffee combinations. Yeah. And it's one of those things that like Paul Hollywood is always like, I don't know, it seems like an awful spice. It seems like a spice. And when I was in Greece, I had spices. But when you have spice, you gotta let it not be too strong, you know? <laughs> and then Mary Berry will be like, I don't really care for cardamom. Uh, but actually, the thing seems like it's actually completely dope because it's like some Middle Eastern guy made it and you right. know he knows. Sure, yeah. It's just that they're British. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's one in every season. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like, uh, I don't know. Because I, as a, I guess, late adopter of cardamom into my life, you know, it, it came into my life in my adulthood in, in a more major way. I, uh, I don't know that I ever instinctively think I should try this in here and see what that is like. You know, it's not a... It's not one of my spices that I'll experiment with mm -hmm. by adding stuff into it. I'll really hang on to it for when I need it for a specific recipe. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if maybe that's something worth exploring a little bit more. Like yeah. seeing what we can shoehorn it into to make something good. I feel like my brother used to make uh, some Swedish cookies that also had cardamom featuring pepper, pepper, pepper. Pepper Kraken? I don't remember what it's called. Some Swede is laughing at me currently. Um, is that just cracked pepper? No, that's just not the word. I okay. just don't remember what they're actually called. Uh, but the other place that I um, used cardamom, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, a few of the like first recipes that mm. I made that were really like my recipes that I took ownership of sure. um, is a lentil doll. So okay. when I was 18... I got to go to Nepal for three weeks with my high school and it was really like a like a like an educational trip where I got to like talk to a lot of people and learn a lot of stuff and that was really really nice but one of the things that I got to learn was how to make doll uh, from the Nepali woman who was hosting me and when I got home I wanted to figure that out because I liked it and I wanted to figure out how to make it. And the recipe that I found that I really like is from a cookbook called Extending the Table. Okay. I cannot remember who it's by now. It's by one of those fairly well-known kind of hippie cookbook authors. Joetta Handrich Schlabach. I'm sorry? Schla uh, Joetta Handrich Schlabach. Looks like Schlabach. What? This is not the name that I thought it was. Joetta. Joetta Hendrik Schlabach. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I just totally didn't know her name. <laughs> um, but I have been using this cookbook for over a decade. Okay. I really like this cookbook. Because uh, what it is, Schlabach went around the world talking essentially to grannies mm. in different countries. Sure. And they would teach her how to make things. Right. And... Those are the recipes she documented. So she really was just going to families and saying, this is your dish. How do you make it? And yeah. writing it down and recreating it. So that's where I got my doll recipe from. And um, it's wonderful. You have to put salt in or it tastes like nothing. You put the salt in and it 
pops. It's beautiful. I mean, that makes sense. But Lentils, it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it has whole cardamom. Like, you start by toasting your spices in the pot. Okay. And then you add your aromatics, your ginger, your garlic, mm-hmm. uh, your onion. Um, and then you add your lentils and water and cook it. And this doll, I made it for a friend of mine whose dad was Indian. And he was coming in. He was just like, look, I'm going to eat it. I'm sure it's delicious. But like... My dad is Indian. I've had good doll. Right. Uh, and it got his stamp of approval. Okay. So I there think that Schlebach knew what she was doing right. <laughs> with yeah. this yeah. recipe. Uh, but that's that's the other place. Um, I think cardamom is a spice that featured very heavily in me developing my own cooking. Sure. Which is very nice. And it's definitely like a nostalgic, cozy thing for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's one thing that we haven't touched on about cardamom, at least not like directly yet, is that it is one of those spices... And maybe this is just another feature of aromatics in general, but it's one of those ones that is cozy, you know? Like, there are some herbs and spices that just hit you with coziness. And, like, you know, it's like cinnamon and nutmeg and, like, I would argue allspice even to a certain extent. Anything you would find in jerk seasoning <laughs> hits you with that cozy with the exception yeah. of, the, you know, spicy notes. But or, like, like, pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice, yeah, Those exactly. baking spices, yeah. Exactly. And, and cardamom is definitely one of those. Cardamom Despite actually it being a little bit more bitter than a lot of them. Cardamom pairs beautifully with pears and vanilla. So if you're oh. doing if you're doing like a poached pear, for example, mm. in in wine or in whatever liquid, sure. um, a, a poached pear in white wine with cardamom and vanilla, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, uh, it works nicely with apples as well. Sure, um, but I find pears it works a little better because they have that really round, sweet flavor mm-hmm. that it just plays off. Absolutely. Really nicely, yeah. I'm thinking my instinct is to also add almonds to that. Well, pear and almonds are always yeah. good together. Well, and so are cardamom and almonds. Yeah. So in my mind, yeah. it's like, oh, that's a perfect little trio there. Mm-hmm. I think we should do that soon. That sounds good. Yeah. It's uh, uh, one thing that I'm like realizing is I don't, I can't think about cardamom with meat in any interesting way or not in an, what do I mean by interesting? I can't think of any time when I've like knowingly had cardamom with meat. Well, you have any time you've had a curried meat. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like where, where the cardamom is like a prominent flavor note. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure that you would do like a cardamom crusted steak or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now I'm curious. Now I want to try. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like I, I think sometimes about how you don't necessarily see this often, but like I do like kind of Indian flavors with pasta. Okay. Like I like I like I haven't done this in a very long time because it's one of those things that I'm like this might be bad for other people and just a thing I like. But like when I was on my own I would occasionally make like a like a almost I guess like almost a butter chicken sauce but use it as like a pasta sauce where it's like, you know, like kind of Indian flavors but still like tomato based and like yeah. Yeah, like kind of a fusion of Italian and like Indian cuisine. I mean, I think you can see the the battle on my face right now, but I think it is mostly just a, I have never thought of that. When I think about it, yes, that yeah. sounds nice. Well, I understand it. doing that. But it's one of those things that feels a little bit wrong. <laughs> it does. And so like I can never, like it's been long enough but- now that I don't remember if I, I don't remember how good it actually was. I remember eating it, certainly. <laughs> uh, but it's one of those things that I think about sometimes. And like maybe like a, maybe like a bolognese with some like, you know, 
curry powder. In it. Okay, there I don't are, know. that I that, that I can't stand. Yeah, for me, it, no. uh, I mean, just it's such a comfort food. I can't Bolognese. <laughs> like I am so Bolognese is one of those things that I am so so picky about sure. because it was my favorite thing to eat as a child. Yeah, and so if it's wrong, like if somebody is like, here it's a Bolognese, and there's like sometimes you put cinnamon in it. Sure, when you put cinnamon in it, I'm just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> This is not what was advertised to sure, me. Sure, yeah. It's the same way I feel about Cincinnati chili. <laughs> Again, the cinnamon. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> chili with cardamom. Yeah, I think, I think that I've could done work. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's one of those ones where chili, chili with like Indian flavors, I think can work. Curry with Mexican flavors can. They feel like cuisines that like play nicely together. You know. Yeah. 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 I don't know. There's a lot of the same spices. Yeah. You're talking cumin, coriander. Yeah. I find it very interesting that Guatemala is the main pro- producer of cardamom. This is something we found out yeah. that there was a German man who started, German coffee guy, who started cardamom production in Guatemala right before World War One, And Guatemala outpaced India as the global producer of cardamom. Yeah. I mean, the reason for that is entirely just colonialism. Yeah, but, but like, <laughs> probably if there's a lot of... Well, I guess I was going to say probably if there's a lot of cardamom in Guatemala, then there's cooking. But, like, actually, sometimes people cannot get the things that are produced in their country. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. I, I'd be curious to know, like, Guatemalan cuisine, what things are, are commonly used in there, you know? Yeah. Is it okay for us to say this? We have put this episode off so many times because every time. <laughs> I think like, it's okay to acknowledge that this was one we didn't feel totally prepared we're for. We're like, we're like, oh, we got to do this one eventually. Like, I requested it. And then we'd just be like, what are we going to talk about? How do we talk about a spice? How do we talk about, cori- about cardamom? And then today we started chatting and I started saying, well, actually, like, yeah. I guess I actually have connections to this. I guess this is something we talk about. Uh, it's worth saying that this is the first episode we've done together since we all got COVID. Oh we've been in the house with children for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, I know my glands are still swollen. Mm-hmm. So if we're a little extra rambly today, have have pity. Yeah, have a little pity. Have a little mercy. <laughs> Have a little love for us. A little Persian love for us. (laughs) Lastly, Mm. I have a non-culinary cardamom application. Weird. That is a little bit silly. (laughs) All right. So I do weird shit to my hair. Yes. This is a thing that that people know. Um, Did I I agree to that too fast? No. This is, I think this is enough of a, this is enough of a a brand for me (laughs) at this point. Uh, Everybody knows. Hair grows back. (laughs) It's one of the ways that you can channel impulsivity in a way that's fairly harmless. Mm -hmm. Um, Currently, my bangs are purple. They're really cute. It's true. So, um, (laughs) in my various hair spirals, because in the past, these days I'm pretty moderate about what I do to my hair but in the past I have been less moderate and Mm -hmm. one of the things that you can kind of spiral about when you are being less moderate with your hair is ways to lighten your hair with less damage Mm -hmm. Um, because if you're trying to go say platinum you want to find ways to uh, lighten your hair gently instead of for example Mm -hmm. frying your hair off with bleach because you're pregnant and sad in 2018 sure and then having a buzz cut that's an example of something somebody might do Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh theoretically hypothetically speaking so um one of the methods how old is toby again (laughs) (laughs) about as old as my hair is long (laughs) um one of the uh 
methods that floats around on the internet of ways to gently lighten your hair. Obviously, there's lemon juice and sun, sun in, you know, beginner shit. But uh, cinnamon and honey, you mix them together and the cinnamon releases some peroxide and you can very gently lighten your hair that way. Honey itself also, if you use it repeatedly on your hair, will lighten it. Yeah. Cardamom, if you go even deeper into the internet, and this is why we have powdered cardamom in our spice cabinet. Hmm. Um, cardamom actually releases more peroxide than honey. Now, one could argue that if you are using spices to release peroxide, you could perhaps bypass that, buy some hair-grade peroxide, dilute it, and do this faster. Yeah. But sometimes uh, we do things for our emotions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, when you're spiraling about something, you don't have the foresight to go and and buy the peroxide. You're in your house and you're going, what can I put on my hair right this minute to oh, bleach yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. That has ended so badly at times. Um, anyway, it smells nice. Yeah. It is nice to put cardamom and honey on your hair. It works moderately. It's one of those things that with repeated uses, you will lighten your hair a tiny bit. Sure, yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's kind of fun. That's something you can do. If you yeah. want to know more about that, you can message me. I like to talk about hair stuff. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Hair enough, even. Hair enough. One uh, one last thing. I did just do a quick little Google search of, like, creative ways to use cardamom. Because I was curious, you yes. know. Um, and uh, the list that I was looking at was like, yeah, there, there were a couple of, like, you know, shrimp dishes and, like, desserts aplenty and creams that have cardamom infused yeah. into them and whatnot, which all sounds lovely. And then the last thing on the list was poached pears with cardamom and saffron. Oh! So there you go. You win. Oh! What? <laughs> and I might uh, pick up some pears next time I'm at the store because <laughs> we have the rest of the stuff for that, and that I sounds really nice. poached pears. Yeah. I love poached pears. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> I do now want to try, like finding a like meat that i can make cardamom tasty Duck. yeah well I, I read that it like pairs well with red meat and poultry okay yeah so like i feel like it would yeah. be really nice with duck i think so too yeah like a we cardamom haven't duck. done duck we should we, we should cook duck Let's we should learn duck. how to cook duck yeah because like if i ever just find myself on a cooking show i know they're gonna give me duck it's true you have to know and if you don't do duck perfectly you're going home yeah it's the least forgiving meat yeah. Basically. You have to get it perfect or it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we sell duck at the store. I can get us some duck. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. I want pet ducks, though. Can we? Have, can you get me pet ducks at the store? How alive do you like your pets? <laughs> anyway, folks, that's it for the show this week. Thank you, Gabriel, for requesting this conversation topic. Uh, if you want to request a topic for an episode of the show, you can do it at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod. Uh, thank you also so much for listening to No Bad Food. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at nobadfoodpod. And individually, I'm at Tom Zalatni and Teffer is at TefferBear. Once again, you can help us make the show even better by going to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and donating as little as a dollar a month. It will help us buy food for our dinner. It's true. <laughs> and you'll have the unbelievable privilege of being included in a list of names. That list goes a little something like this. Can you, Patrick, can, Tom, can you make it a song? Patrick and Gabriel, Kendall and Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy and Killian too, Sarah, Angelica, and Andrew and Laura, Chantal and David Flam. 
our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request a topic for an episode of the show like Gabriel did today at patreon.com slash We also have merch. You can hit the merch link in... You can hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get all sorts of great stuff from our friends over at Tee Public. And of course, you can always support us for, for free, free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice or by sharing this and by sharing this with a friend. Do even. both. Maybe a friend who likes cardamom. Maybe yeah. a friend who doesn't know what cardamom is. They yeah. probably won't know what it is when they're done listening to this episode <laughs> either. <sighs> Hey, you know who does know what cardamom is? Zach Ingalls. Hell yeah. You know what he did? He wrote the music, not the song you just sang. No, but that was the music fully at improvised. the beginning of the episode. Believe it or not, my little jingle was completely improvised, but not the theme song. The theme song is by Zach Ingalls, and the cover art is by the aforementioned David Flam. Remember him? He was in the song. David Flam. David Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description. And last, yes, we are going to stop, but not least, Hang this in there. show <laughs> was like ish, kind of produced by me and kind of produced by Tom and will be edited in full by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. Would you say in full? Well, I mean, I'm not <laughs> editing this. Oh, I see what you mean. I have some very stressful editing to do for my job. Hey. Uh, you can find out about all the great shows on our network at UpfordNetwork.com. Remember, folks, it's the last week to put in your nominations for Munch Madness, so go do it. If nominate you Cardamom. Everybody nominate. <laughs> not a bad idea. Cardamom. It wouldn't make it past the first round. No. No. No, unfortunately. No. Anyway, nominate things. Do it. Do it. Bye. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind. We'll take. So this time, you know, I'm well worth the wait. Hey, I'm October Jones, Hi, and this I'm is... I'm Fish With Legs. I'm a fish, fish with legs. Fish. I'm the elemental creature of water, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast called October Jones and Fish With Legs, starring me and my best friend, <laughs> October Jones. Nailed it. October and Fish is a fictional series that follows me and Fish with Legs as we try to stop an evil two-headed snake from releasing a terrible monster. And make friends, and go on adventures, and get captured a lot, and escape a lot, and encounter racism. And what? And learn very special lessons every third episode. I have not learned a single lesson. Yes, you did. We learned about being friends, and authoritarianism, and colonialism, and how to defeat a giant crab. Authoritarianism? They're in authority for a reason, Fish With Legs. If everyone followed the rules set in place by the human government, then there wouldn't be- for adults and kids. <laughs> New episodes on Mondays. You can find it wherever you find podcasts, and of course, on the Upford website. Okay, that's it. Bye! Hi, I'm Anthony Giorgio, host and producer of Queer Teen Podcast. Queer Teen Podcast. 
encourages the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. Listen, learn, and love as you get to know the next queer youth leaders of the world. Queer Teen Podcast celebrates, elevates, and narrates how the LGBTQ community uses our voices to tell our stories. You can find Queer Teen Podcasts on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else to get your podcasts. And please, please, please subscribe today. And don't forget to listen, learn, and love.